0: Today we're talking about what does it take to write an excellent book. So stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian Indie Writers on their journey to publication. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the
2: pen name J.R. Nichols.
0: I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance.
2: And I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian fantasy. And we're still down
1: one host, unfortunately. Rhonda Hagerman is out for some medical reasons, and I know that our entire audience is praying for her. And we are as well. We miss you, Rhonda. We hope we'll see you again soon. Um, We'd like to thank you all for listening. We have people in our live chat already. Good morning, Piper and Teresa and Gigi. It's really good to see you all today. Uh, They're all greeting us. And we thank you also, if you're listening to our show after the fact on any of the platforms where you can find your favorite podcasts, we hope we number among them, and tell all your friends to about our podcast. Like and subscribe and help spread the word about the Christian Indie Writers Podcast so we can help encourage and support even more writers. If you like what we do, tell a friend. If you hate what we do, tell everyone you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. We like to start each episode with a segment we call What's Up? We go around the virtual table and ask each host, what's up? And so we'll start with you, Jen. What's
0: up? Um, another snowstorm. Like Mm. not even kidding. Like I have had, so my whole week has been sinus headaches, like unbelievable pressure in my head because we keep going back and forth between like 40 some degree weather and all out blizzard. And right now we're like kind of in the middle of an all out blizzard. And so, um, yeah, like it was really hard to get out of bed today because the headaches have been so bad and I've been taking medicine and that's, you know helping but like I still have pressure I took the medicine this morning and I took some other med- and I still like feel this pressure like right through here in here and it's just like but according to my father there's another storm on the way for next Friday too it's like out west somewhere and we're supposed to get hit again next Friday so yeah I mean I should be used to it because it's Michigan but I don't mind. It just seems so
1: late. That seems so late.
0: Kind of. I mean, it's snowed on my birthday before. My birthday is in May. So, I mean, it's wow. kind of feels late. It depends on where in Michigan you live. Like in the UP right now, they have feet of snow. Sure. And it's just a different culture. But, like, um, it just, it's the going back and forth that has me crazy. Like, I wish we just, like, just keep the snow and then decide to slowly get warm as opposed to having, like, really nice day and then. Ugh. Weather
1: hokey pokey.
0: Yeah. And Gigi, no one no one cares. No one cares. Gigi, Gigi <laughs> said, still no snow for me.
2: <laughs> I think it's time to go visit Gigi. Where is she? Uh,
0: <laughs> Catherine Carroll's also in our chat. Hi, Catherine. Good to see you this morning. And then our good friend, Shell. Hi, Shell. Uh, Piper says, ooh, we had a that a few years ago. Every single weekend was a snowstorm. This year, we've had a total of less than six inches, I think. Yeah. Not us. We're going to have at least six inches today. So. How bizarre. All right. right. Well, what about you, Jamie? What's up with you?
1: Well, what's so funny is um, I've been hungry for a while for sauerkraut and (laughs) I uh, usually make it with um, some beer brats or other brats, whatever. And I finally, I was going to do just like Cabbage, And then I'm like, why? When I've been wanting sauerkraut. So I came home and I put everything in the pot to make it. And then um, it happened to be the day of our podcast meeting. And um, I think you said something first, Jennifer, but I was going to say something to you about how my house was smelling so good. And what did you say?
0: I said, <laughs> I've been craving sauerkraut and polo sausage. So I made it today, like in the instant pot. And you're like, guess what's in my instant pot right now? Like of all the things... Like we weren't making tacos the same day or spaghetti the same day. No. Polish sausage. Or uh, did you do Polish sausage? Or I was making brats. Brats. Okay. Yeah. Sausage and sauerkraut. We both did. And it was just so random. Like, but it was, yes. how did yours turn out?
1: It came out fine. Well, what mm-hmm. I had done was because I wanted potatoes in it, but I didn't want to peel potatoes or cut them. Mm-hmm. So I just got like hash brown cubes to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it would have been fine and it still was fine for me, but anybody else might've been like, this is weird. Cause it ended up kind of being like mashed potatoes.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> so it was like a strange sort of texture, but then do you know what that did that made for a really good, like potato pancakes? So oh. like I fried oh. it. So, oh, uh, yeah, it just mm. added another flavor dimension. I mean, it's all gone now. It's all gone. And it was only me to eat it. I ate yeah. it all.
0: When you said you threw potatoes in yours, I was like, that makes me think of pierogies, and now I want pierogies. Like mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, pierogies are like a, a a Polish right, a Polish mm-hmm. like almost like a pasta kind of a um thing that like almost, it's almost kind of like a ravioli, but either mashed potatoes inside or sauerkraut inside. I like when they would put the cheesy mashed potatoes inside and then have sauerkraut on the side of it. So good. So I'm trying like all the, since then, since Tuesday, I've been thinking like, how could I make keto? pierogies. <laughs> <laughs> Mine long enough. Like it was co- Everything when you do sauerkraut and sausage, everything's already cooked. Like you don't do it, like it's already pre-cooked. But my mom's recipe was all right. So here's here's the secret Judy Carl recipe. Um she would do sauerkraut and she would rinse it. So it wasn't just all the juice. So, so sauerkraut and either a Werner's or a beer because she got this from her Polish friends. And Polish sausage, but it has to be good, high-quality Polish sausage, and caraway seeds. I didn't have any caraway seeds, and I didn't cook it long enough. I did – I had keto ginger ale, which that's what Burners is for those of you outside of the area. And I used – oh, and brown sugar. Sorry, brown sugar. And I had keto brown sugar. So the taste was there. It just needed to cook longer to where, like, the sauerkraut turns, like, almost brown, and the meat is just really saturated. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm gonna do it again. I only did it in the instant pot. My mom, my mom always did it like and cooked it all day long.
1: All day, yeah.
0: And I don't have who's got time for that. So I instant pot, but I didn't do it long enough. So I gotta do it longer.
2: I'm with Cindy, who says she doesn't think the words will ever fall from her mouth. Hungry for sauerkraut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you and I are the in the same club. <laughs>
1: and Jen, I know you didn't use beer because you didn't call me for advice about like <laughs> what beer to buy or how to find it in the store. Or
0: we got to I know we, we have to get to the podcast episode, but I got to tell the story now. So I was really sick once um, and I, nothing was cutting it. And I remember that when I was fresh out of college, my roommate, I was that sick then. And it was going on for two weeks and I just couldn't get over it. And my roommate was like, you got to have a hot toddy. And I'm like, no, I don't drink alcohol. She's like, you got to have a hot toddy. So she came home from work one day with, and I was just so sick and she brought the stuff for hot toddy and she made me a hot toddy and made me take it. And I'm not kidding. The next day I was all better. Like it was like, so I went to the store. I'm like, I'm going to get the stuff to make a hot toddy. I looked online I'm like, okay, this is what I need. And I go to Meyer and I go into the alcohol <laughs> section and I was like, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I had no idea, and I was like, it was funny. So I called Jamie. I'm like, Jamie, I'm in Meyer. I, I don't know what I'm like. There's just so many bottles. I just didn't know what to do. It was so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, my luck, like my pastor's gonna show up. And I'm like, you are having a giant bottle of I don't even know what it is that I bought. So like, and she's dying laughing on the phone with me, like teasing me and thinking it was the funniest thing ever. So. Oh, golly. Anyway, so how did yours turn out? Enough about me. How did yours? Oh,
1: like I said, it was fine, except the texture was probably off-putting for most. But I gotcha. really, really enjoyed it. Ate it all. Ate every oh, bit of it. Yum. Shell says uh, she loves us because her mom used to make homemade sauerkraut. I've done that before. I'm not good at it. And she made spetzel, I think that's how you say it when we cooked it. Yum. And I've seen spetzel is, is it
0: like pork? Isn't it like a?
1: I it's like it's a dumpling. Noodles. Yeah. yeah oh yeah and so they're mm. but they're like string noodles, like they're little bits, you know what I mean, and so they're like teeny ones i i've I've wanted to try spetzel, but
2: it's kind it of seems like tricky. the butter noodles that at, at Franken I was just gonna but say cut that up smaller.
0: Mm, it's very similar to the that. Butter noodles up there, are so good.
2: Teresa <laughs> <laughs> says she
0: loves sauerkraut, and it's supposed to be really good for you. It is really good for your gut. But I just did some research and found out that you're supposed to get the unpasteurized kind, which you, you normally find like in the refrigerated section. So next time, that's what I'm going to try. Because I just had, I was at Aldi and I saw the jar, and I'm like, yes, I'm
2: going to mm. do some.
0: Um, Piper says I honestly <gasps> never had it or desire for it. Michelle hmm. um, says she made them by it. hand, um, so not little more like dumpling the lazy way oh, if you have the recipe i would love that i would love for you to send that to us um that sounds see. like my
2: mom's polish egg dumplings honestly
0: possibly yeah catherine says near traverse city we've got almost nothing get out really no sauerkraut
1: more... in traverse no city? no she oh. told us snow. oh okay i'm no, just
0: kidding <laughs> part of the reason i was excited to move here from metro detroit was snow and we've been robbed this year oh, did you just want, move want. there i'm interested Teresa says our kids have a snow day today. Yeah, the whole area where we live. I know you don't live super close to us, but <sighs>
2: except my granddaughter's Michigan. school, like they're the only. No, are the you kid kidding? It's not on the list. And Flint Community know...
0: Schools, like when Flint Community Schools closed down, you know everyone's closed down. She's they're the last school.
2: School to... and they're like they're their oh, own school district. It's really I see. Weird. Yeah,
0: well, she said that her kids have a snow day and just tipped over. their allowed days off, so they'll have to make it up. That stinks. I really mm-hmm. do feel bad about that. So.
1: Well, hopefully the weather will be bad on the days they have to make it up and they won't be sad to have to be in school. Right, exactly.
2: What's up with you, Tina? Well, I have had two weeks of, I don't even know what the word is.
1: Well, first of all, welcome back. It's good to have you back.
2: Uh, We had a death in the family. It was a cousin that I'm uh, very close to. So it was very hard. she It was... um, I don't want to say it was unexpected, but it was like she fell in, in November on her front porch and went in to be checked over and they found a, a tumor on her pancreas mm. and it wasn't, it, I don't believe it was cancerous, but they were going to do this procedure to remove the tumor from the head of her pancreas and they nicked an artery mm. when they did the surgery and she just never really recovered.
0: Oh my word.
2: So it wasn't supposed like she wasn't supposed to die from mm-hmm. from this. Um and so she planned her own funeral. Like it's almost like she knew. In January she contacted her pastor, she contacted the people she wanted to sing, she contacted the guy she wanted to do her eulogy. She like planned the entire funeral. Hmm. It, he's even picking each song that she wanted song. And yeah. everybody said We were telling her, yeah, that won't be for years. And then it ended up happening. So that was really hard. So we drove. um, I drove to Indiana to meet up with my other cousin. And then we drove to northern Minnesota from Indiana. And God smiled on us. And I know a lot of people were praying for good weather. We pretty much had sunshine and clear skies the entire way up to Minnesota.
0: That's awesome.
2: And then um, on the way back, coming down through northern Wisconsin, there was, because we drove down from Duluth, like down the middle of northern Wisconsin into Madison, there were some light snow flurries, but it like wasn't even enough to stick to those roads or anything. So we had great traveling weather, and I got to see a lot of family that I don't get to see often. So it was kind of like a emotional roller coaster for me the last couple of weeks, and then um, I got home Wednesday, and then yesterday, my daughter brought my granddaughter, because she's my daughter was speaking at a children's conference, and um, I'm the only one she trusted, I guess, to watch Eliana for two nights. So Eliana is over here. I don't know if you can see, but mm-hmm. her mamaroo pops up over the name tag every now and mm-hmm. then. She just fell asleep. Like I'm glad you chose me last, Jamie, because she <laughs> fell asleep while you were talking.
1: <laughs> oh, I have that effect on people.
2: Well, she can't <laughs> hear you. I have my head,
1: oh.
2: um, I'm afraid that if I had spoken first, like she might have popped because she her eyes are closing and she's popping them open, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I go mute and um, kind of go, you know, missing an action for a minute, it might because she woke up. So I just want to forewarn everyone. But she don't. She generally goes to sleep at ten and sleeps for two hours. My daughter said. So, should, we should be okay.
0: That's awesome. I,
1: I remember those days. <clears throat> would probably appreciate a cameo, but if she wants to sleep, that's better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you get a lot of prayers and sympathy in the chat, Thanks, Tina. Guys. Gigi says that you were missed. She's sorry for your loss. Piper is very sorry. It's never easy to lose a loved one, especially when you are close. Shell says, Sorry for your loss, Tina. Big hugs and prayers for comfort. Catherine says she's so sorry, and Teresa sends
0: her love also. So,
1: we did miss you for sure. Missed you guys too.
0: Yeah, it's not the same without you. And I'm really sorry for your loss, but what a blessing that you were able to go and spend time with your family. And yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, well, that's the what's up segment. Next, we dive into the topic of the day, which um, this week was inspired by someone in our Facebook group. And maybe this is news to you that we have a Facebook group. If it is, you should mosey on over there and join it. Cause it's kind of a fun place to hang out. The link and- is in our
0: show notes. If anyone's interested. Yes. Yes. So please do
1: join.
2: And be um, sure you answer the questions so that we can just accept you.
1: Yes. We don't like rejecting anybody,
0: but you got to answer the questions. I don't mind rejecting people. <laughs> All right, Julia. <laughs> <Sugar becker. laughs> oh, you can't harsh. follow the rules. You shouldn't be allowed. So there you go.
1: <laughs> well, Christine Joseph's knows how to follow the rules because yeah. she's a member of our Facebook group and she posted the question. Okay. And her question was, what would you most suggest for writing an excellent book? And, um, it was interesting because like, I looked at the question and I was like, well, she's not getting very much of a response. I'm going to respond. And then my fingers just kind of wouldn't move on my keyboard because ladies help me out. Was the question just so big?
0: It was vague. It was too vague. I think it's a very big question. It's to a answer. big question.
2: And it's a very personal to the person like, yeah. okay, what do you already know and do well? Versus what do you need to maybe work on and learn? And you don't know that unless you actually have a conversation with a person to know mm-hmm. where they're at. Dude, how, do you,
0: how do you define I, excellent too? There's a whole nother layer there that we could like dig into, but
1: yes, yes, you know. yes. And this is not about like, Oh no, it's a bad question. It was not a bad question. The, no, the deal no, no. is it was like, okay. So it was like, How do you write an excellent book? And I'm not saying just a math book or a book that is just okay. I want to know how to write an excellent book uh, that will be like successful. And so I want all of the tips. I want, do you have a class that you would recommend? Do you have like uh, um, a book that you would read or something like that? And I was just kind of like, oh my gosh. And then a million sort of questions popped up into my head. And so we're like, this is going to make for a great podcast episode because how would we answer it? And mm-hmm. all of us are like, well, we don't want to answer it. But what if we had to? Right. What if we had to answer this question?
0: Right. Because honestly, it's kind of like, and I'm sure you have each had people come up to you and say, hey, I know you You are an author. Could I come over some afternoon you could teach me how to self-publish? <laughs> or in an you, afternoon. Like, in yeah. A, yeah. Or could you teach me how? And I, was, like, it's, I feel it's kind of like one of those kind of questions where it's like, um, like it's just big. Right. But you're right. Like if we had to answer it, what would we say? Right. So yeah, Jamie, did you want to go first? What would you say if we had, if we were like forced to answer this and this person needed to answer right now, how would you answer that question?
1: Well, first, first though, I, I want to, first I want to define like what is successful to the person. So, mm. I mean, like, like, no, um, okay. Like, Tell me what you mean by successful, because do you mean like a book that's going to sell the way that like Twilight sold? Do you mean a book that I would personally pick up and not be able to put down because they are not the same book?
0: <laughs> True. So right.
1: do you know what I'm saying? So like, uh-huh. I would want to ask that clarifying question, but you're saying we have to answer without getting the answer to that question.
0: Right. What? And what, what? And the question, the the actual question was an excellent book not so much successful, though. I think that that might, the word might've been in the question, but what makes an excellent book? So again, that's Mm -hmm. hard to define, but.
1: Okay. So if I had to answer for me, an excellent book is a book where the writer disappears and the words just kind of go into your brain and you almost forget you're even reading. And so to me, that is, uh, the ability to write well. And so because that hinges on the ability to write well, my advice would be to write every single day and to improve your actual writing by writing every single day. That would be my my tip.
0: And you've lived by that tip too. I mean, I know of there's been different stages in your career where um there's one year where you did the alphabet, I feel I think it was, mm-hmm. wasn't there like there was like an alphabet challenge and every day you wrote something for a different letter of the alphabet every single day, like you never missed weekends, holidays, you didn't miss for like a whole year at least, right?
1: Yes, because you know i I have not ever thought about like, oh, I want to put out an excellent book, but I have thought I want to put out excellent writing. Yeah. So I feel like that would be my advice. What yeah. Tina?
2: And going and and on that topic of being an excellent writer, if I was going to recommend a book for somebody to read. I have it here. I don't know if you guys can see. Oh, let me go. It's um Drake's Brutal Writing Advice: Dynamic Story Creation, Honing the Physical and Invisible Layers. This is the book that has helped me with my writing craft more than any of the other ones that I've done. Mm-hmm. And it's actually been required reading for Disney writers. If you mm-hmm. wanted to write for Disney, this book was required write- reading. Um, and it's really good, and he he is kind of brutal. So if you get your feelings hurt easily, you might not want to use it. But uh-huh. um, and I know,
0: I know. In Christine's question, she said like that reading a book or something like doesn't really do it for her, but like for a lot of other people, it might, right? So that's yeah, and you
2: can find one. this guy on YouTube and all over the place giving his mm-hmm. brutal writing advice. So, all
0: right. if I had to answer, so Jamie says, write every day. Hmm. If I had to answer it, and I know it's gonna be shocked to everybody, but my answer is learn story structure and how stories work. And yes. everyone's like, okay, we get it, Jen. Like we we knew what you were gonna say, but it, I really believe that that is to for me at least that is the the crux of how to write an excellent story because I mean, if you've ever been seeing in a movie that just feels like it's just droning on and on, or you're losing interest in the movie. It probably is because the movie is not sticking to a story structure. And it's the same thing with books. If you're ever reading a book and you just abandon it, not because you didn't like the characters, like just because you couldn't get into it, if you're reading a book and you give up on it because you just can't get into it, the problem most likely is story structure. And I really believe that excellent writing comes from knowing story structure. Now, are there people out there that don't need to outline and like, yes, but they innately somewhere in them are able to write a book according to a story structure and everything has an ebb and flow, right? Books, movies, even life has an ebb and flow and learning that. Um, and if you don't have it naturally, like it doesn't come to you naturally as you're writing, then learning story structure and, and how to do like specifically like a three act structure um, that will make your writing far more excellent in my opinion.
1: Well, because you know, you oftentimes hear, uh, a book you can't put down because they've learned how to take advantage of hooks and um, cliffhangers and um, just basically like having the disasters happen in the right places and things like that. Those are the elements of because again, if we're defining write an excellent book, mm-hmm. is your definition of that a book nobody will be able to put down? Right. So again, um, what what are how are you defining excellent? Right, and I, I know I love I've that tip,
0: and I know I've always said that characters count. Characters really matter. If people don't love your characters; they're not going to love, they're not going to keep reading the book. But I do think that through story structure is another way. That's how another way that you make your story, your characters likable. Because if you have the arcs in the right place and your character is changing, moving, and improving, um, then they're going to be more likable than someone who's just flatline and is annoying or like, the whole time. Even the most annoying character. Can become more likable, or you start to root for them if the story is structured properly. So, story structure, flat out, that would be my number one answer.
1: It goes hand in hand. Yep. Whoop. All right, Tina. So, what would your tip be if you had to answer this question?
2: Well, and my caveat was, if I had to answer this question and I couldn't use your answers, yeah, because we we made her
1: go last. <laughs> we pounce. We pounced on these.
2: <laughs> and by the way, Cindy, yes, that is Maxwell Drake that wrote that book. Um. You won't find, I, I would challenge you to find somebody who, who just innately can write and use story structure, who has not consumed excellent stories. Correct. That is how their brain can yes. innately just create a story that has that structure is because they have consumed, and not just a few, they have spent their life consuming excellent stories. And so my number one advice that go that if I couldn't use theirs is read, watch and consume excellent, excellent stories and fill your mind. And um, I don't necessarily stick with my genre. Some people have to stick with their genre, but just whatever you define an excellent story as just input that Mm -hmm. and then your output. Is more likely to be excellent.
0: Do you think if somebody's just starting out and um, they're l- trying to figure out how to write an excellent story, do you think they should probably start with their genre though, Tina? I
2: think so, especially if because they're, each genre has their little tropes and mm-hmm. their little things that readers are expecting. And rules. And you have to, there are rules. And, you yeah. have to know what those are mm-hmm. because if you write a fantasy story and it doesn't give your reader what they are expecting. They're not going to give you a good review. They might not finish your book and they might not think it's excellent.
0: And so like by reading books, especially in your genre, even if you don't want to learn story structure, if you read a lot of really excellent written books, you'll know it, you'll feel it, you'll know what to expect. So whether you realize it or not, reading a lot of really good books will will help with that. And And I agree.
2: Even movies and going to live plays, you're still consuming story when you do those things.
1: That's true. So I just would like to take a moment to point out that as we are talking here about how to write an excellent book and when we were giving our advice and even during the planning of this, what we never talked about at all was like coming up with a great idea coming up with like mm-hmm. a winning character. Like we didn't even think about those things. And I wonder if it's because we assumed that that would, you would have one or the other before you would even start.
0: Right. Cause or, why do you start writing a book if you don't have one or the other? Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And so I just think it's kind of interesting that we kind of leapfrogged mm-hmm. over that. And yeah. I wonder if it's because, those really aren't the things that make books excellent because, Mm -hmm. and arguably, uh, say what you want about Twilight, the woman made a career out of it, okay? And so arguably she hit a home run, but she was not the first person to write about a vampire, you know? She was not the first person to write about shape-shifting. She was not, and, you know, say what you want about any book out there. There's nothing new under the sun. And so it isn't necessarily that you're going to grab the brass ring for the most original this or the uh, latest and greatest that it's going to be your personal effort and spin and take on that thing. That is going to give it excellence. Only you can write it right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just think it's interesting.
2: That takes us back to what you consider to be a great book, because if you want to write a book that all your readers are going to want to read, if that's your definition, then that de- most readers, if they like science fiction they they like to read a book that was like the last book they really liked. Mm-hmm. They're not really looking for new and different and, and unique.
1: So then I would almost think it would be a bonus tip to know your audience.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Because you have to know um, who's going to be reading this and what they will decide is excellent.
2: If that's your goal, if your goal is that I want to feel like I wrote, an excellent book that could win literary awards. That's a different matter. Most books that win literary awards do not make the New York times bestseller list.
0: Interesting. I've done neither. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) I've read them. I haven't written them.
0: (laughs) I do want to, um, give a shout out to though, to one of our listeners, uh, Crystal Gilkey, she actually did respond, and I loved her response. And I'm going to read it. She said, "Writing sprints with the group and listening to the others read and post their sprints on Fridays—they've really helped me with my writing. There's no shortcut. You have, oh, or that, that's what she said. Um, they really helped me with it, my writing, which I love that because first of all, it helps us to see that like what we're doing." works. Like Mm -hmm. we are helping encourage you guys, uh, encouraging sprints and writing uh, like another listener who's not associated with us. She feels that that is helping her to be, to write more of an excellent book. And ultimately I, I feel like there's no shortcut. You just have to put the work in. You got to show up every day and write every day. You got to learn your craft, whether you learn story structure or you put a ton of time into reading as well. You got to like, there's just no shortcut to writing an excellent book. You just got to put the time in. And you look at us and we've been doing this for years and we haven't hit that Zenith yet. You know what I mean? We're still cl- we're climbing up and trying to get to the p- point where like, this is a full on career for us. Right. But we, we are not giving up and we're putting in the time and we're all doing it together. So that's, what's the cool thing is about this group of Christian writers too, is we're all in this together. So.
1: And I wonder, like, I mean, I would think that, the two of you would say your books are excellent. I think the work that I've put out, I wouldn't say is mediocre. I mean, it feels braggadocious to be like, oh, it's excellent. But I feel like, why am I publishing it if I don't personally have some sort of a standard that it has met? And right. so again, there's there's gotta be a standard to that you, it just goes hand in hand with what we were talking about last week. You have to decide that this is what you're putting out there and this is excellent in your estimation, because it's your name and your brand on it.
0: Right. We, yeah. I, I, the very minimum, I strive for excellence. Right. Yeah. And so if that is your goal and you strive for excellence and then you're not going to put out a product that isn't at least a, according to your standard, it isn't excellent. And so, and
2: I have to say my standard may have changed because you're you've as, I grow as a writer, but for the time that i like at the time that I released book one, I believe it was as excellent as I could make it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. interesting. Mm-hmm. And if your if your standard is uh, something that J.R. Tolkien would write, well, then good luck because you're not him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So excellent needs to become. Uh, you need to figure out your own standard and then meet it. Okay, okay, so I think we've covered the topic. What do y'all think?
0: I think it sounds Thanks. good. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to hear what you guys wrote. That's what I'm ready for.
1: Oh, I'm not happy with mine this week. Oh, Okay, so, well, let's tell the listeners what we're talking about. In case you've never tuned in before, we are going to, what was the name of the listener, Christine Josephs, who commented about our writing sprints?
0: Yeah, uh, no, uh, Crystal Gilkey.
1: Crystal Gilkey. Thanks for mentioning them, because that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to transition into the part of the program where we talk about our writing sprints. And what is that? That's where we set a timer just before we go live on the podcast here for 15 minutes. And then we each write, write, write for 15 minutes according to the sprint prompt that is assigned um, for the podcast, which you can find on our social media in case you also would like to set a timer for 15 minutes and then write. And the purpose of this is to just keep your writing um, muscles worked out Uh, so that you've written something at least one day a week. And I always pick on Jen to go first. Jen, why don't you share with the audience what our prompt was this week and what you wrote for it?
0: Well, it was our second Friday. So second Friday is always a sentence. And our sentence this week was, my biggest problem is deciding what to do next. And I don't love what I wrote, but I don't hate it. But here's, here's what I've discovered about some of the things that I write during sprint time. And then we, again, like Jamie said, we just share it, right? There's so much I want to go back in here and change because it was just a sprint. And I already, by the end of it, want to change some things. Like, I don't want it to be this way. And I don't want his office to look like that. Like, there's are just different things. But we can't. But the good news is, is I can do that later. At least I've gotten some writing done today. So this is what you're going to hear today is I've got some writing done today. <laughs> and we're back in the world with Marty and Mr. Boss. Oh, good. <clears throat> Ms. Evans, could you come in here for a moment? Marnie froze in her tracks. She hadn't seen Mr. Boss since the incident last week. He hadn't attended the staff meeting or found any excuse to happen by her cubicle to harass her in the last six days. She wasn't even certain he had been in the office. So hearing him call to her from his dungeon, as she liked to call it, came as quite a shock. She took a calming breath and turned on her heels and stepped into his office. Mr. Boss stood across the room, his back to her, staring at a wall covered in post-it notes. She took a moment to observe the one room she had never been in at the office. It wasn't at all what she'd expected. Although he had the corner office, one that afforded him the luxury of two walls covered in windows, he had taken the liberty of covering most of the view of Boston below with blueprints and planning boards. It looked a mess, well, an organized sort of mess that Marnie hadn't expected. It looked as if, dare she even think it, that Mr. Boss actually took his job seriously. (laughs) My biggest problem is deciding what to do next. She hadn't made a sound to give him any indication that she had actually entered the room, but somehow he knew she was there, staring at his back. Excuse me? He picked up a smaller print off the credenza. The Wilmington Project. We've hit a roadblock of sorts. I know it can be circumvented, but I just don't know how to proceed. He turned and handed her a folder he had been holding. Do you mind taking a look? Me? she asked. I'm only the social media director. Mr. Boss finally turned his eyes on her. We both know you're much more than that. He hadn't said anything inappropriate, but somehow it made her cheeks grow warm. She took the folder from him. What kind of roadblock? And I got to admit, I stopped 30 seconds early because I didn't know what kind of roadblock. I didn't even know that they would have blueprints in the office because I don't think this is the this is like, here's the things. I don't think that that's the kind of work that they do. I don't know. But it was a sprint. So there you go.
1: Well, that's good. I really appreciated it. I liked it. I like the fact that he has the corner office, but it isn't about that for him. He's actually a worker and mm-hmm. she didn't expect that of him. It was very revealing.
0: Thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still processing. But I
1: really liked it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. I also liked the detail that he knew that she was there mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was, it was very well written actually oh. for just a sprint.
0: Oh, thanks. how I many really words was that? that? Oh, it's a good question. Let me go up to tools here and see.
2: I always really enjoy the chemistry between those two. Yeah. yeah. It's really good.
0: 346. So, really? It was, yeah.
2: it was
1: really good. It felt sp- very full.
0: Thanks. My sprints lately, I used to get up to closer to 600 and my sprints are, I think, like half the amount, but I feel like I'm crafting more than I used to. Like before it was just like get words out and fix them later, you know? So, um Yeah. So thanks.
1: Interesting. And then did you know that this would be a Marnie thing when you saw the prompt or did that pop into your head? When as we soon said as go? I saw
0: the prompt, I thought Marnie, like immediately. Yeah. I didn't know where it was going to go, but immediately I thought Marnie. Well, at least this morning when I saw it, I try not to pay attention. We're planning like, cause although I don't want to think about it too much, but, um, yeah. So,
1: <laughs> um, yeah. okay. So you've got some feedback here. Uh, Liz Henderson. Hi Liz. She said, I liked it, especially how he knew she was there without looking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shell said it had a good bit of tension. Jen loved that world. Yes. Thanks. It's my, one of my favorites too. If he gets to be named anything, but Mr. Boss, I'll be sad. <laughs> Teresa Thomas said, I liked that. He knew she was there too. Yep. And uh, Gigi said, Jen, I loved the sprint. Mr. Boss understands. Marnie has skills. Yeah, that was a really good line. <laughs> and Piper says, Ooh, that did
2: get my curiosity going.
0: Thanks everyone. I really appreciate awesome. it.
2: So I know that you, the host usually goes in the middle Jamie, but I have a little baby that's squirming. Uh-oh, you better go then. Um and I have a content warning on my sprint. <laughs> okay. Um, oh no. If if you want um trigger warning. So um child abuse and violence. And I did uh-huh. not know this was going to come out when I sat down to write and I'm sorry. And I thought about not reading it. So if you feel like you don't want to listen to that, please mute me.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: So here we go. Celeste's fingers moved of their own accord, recording each word said by the attorney's judge and witnesses without her mind needing to engage. How many years had she been doing this? A silent witness to the horrors and evils that one human could inflict on another. The child victims were the worst. Celeste tried not to glare at the defendant, who sat smugly in his seat, intensely studying his fingernails, while the mother of his victim sobbed out her testimony in the witness box. Mm
0: -hmm. It was
2: too much for Celeste to focus on, so she let her mind wander. She imagined the defendant running through a wintry wood, the fog giving it an ominous feel. He looked behind, the panic evident in his white eyes. She saw his face the moment his pursuer caught up to him, first surprise and then horror as they injected him with the poison that made him immobile but fully aware. She saw the blood drain from his face as it it drained from his body as the birdizo did its work. No more children feel the pain of his evil impulses. She walked away then, leaving his blood staining the snow in an ever-widening circle. A week later... The cute blonde in the too tight dress behind the news deck desk spoke in an unworthy, a tone unworthy of the facts she was reporting. A man's body was found in a wood. The details were gruesome. The main suspect, the father of a child he'd been acquitted of abusing. Celeste smiled. She knew the ev- ev- evidence wouldn't convict the father. She knew justice had been served. Her biggest problem, not knowing what to do next. But another day in court would solve the dilemma.
0: <gasps> dun, so, dun, dun. so Celeste did it. She like imagined it and then she actually did it. Is that what like? Oh, yes. okay. Woo. All right. I love all this stuff. So is Celeste, the attorney.
2: She's, like she's the, in the no, court. Court court reporter.
0: Uh, all right. I missed that part. Okay. The stenographer, because yeah. she can't, a stenographer, like that's why I thought it wasn't her because like, they can't like, they got to pay attention because they're typing it. But I guess if she's really good at her job, she can do both. Right. Well, if you've been
2: doing it for years and years, you could probably.
1: Yeah. They're words yeah. or characters instead yeah. of uh like, you don't put the emotion in it. You just do the words as you hear them.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and, um. I went when I went down to Indiana a day early because I didn't want to drive three hours that morning to meet up with my cousin. Mm -hmm. I stopped in Goshen, Indiana and met my sister for the first time that I found through Ancestry DNA. And she was um, she was a criminal justice major. Mm -hmm. And she wrote her thesis on female serial killers. Wow. (laughs) And we had this long discussion about it. Uh huh. And I think that's why that came out that way. But I did not plan that; it just came out that way.
0: That's amazing. First of all, how awesome that you got to spend some time with her. That's really cool. But yeah, that's really interesting. I can I ask a question? I know that this is supposed to be just like all positive, but did you say Bredizo? What Br-Dizzo. is it? What is it's, that?
2: It's the tool that they use to castrate a bull.
0: Oh. Oh it, that's some interesting, unique information that you had in your head before the sprint started. I, <laughs> like wow. See like, Tina,
1: I like your detective thriller um me too. stuff. I really hope that someday we get to get a book of it. Because when you have um even your female detective that was in the you know male world, anyway, I hope that maybe someday you'll explore that because I also think that you find it fascinating to um learn things about that genre and things like that
2: and that's the genre i most like to read
1: hmm. yeah
0: interesting now, if it's the one you'll most like to read
2: yeah. probably the one you would probably most enjoy
0: writing too. and my
2: sister has this theory that jack the ripper was a female and i have ideas oh. i just have ideas <laughs> that's wow all i can say
0: interesting
1: so lots of uh, chatter about your piece. Piper says, wow, Tina, that was so good. Vigilante justice at its best. Mm-hmm. Liz Henderson is like, what? Wow. Shell says she did it before and she'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tina, so good. Piper says, oh, my gosh, what an amazing mm-hmm. find, Tina, a sister. Oh, yeah. That's, that's really amazing that you found your sister. Oh, Tina, that is really good. You have to love justice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Piper's laughing, and she says the expression <laughs> when you learn that information. Yes,
0: uh-huh. I can't hide my my uh, emotions. Where do we have uh,
1: notes for like parts that we should like cut out for some kind of a like
2: year in review reel? Yeah. <laughs> that one for sure. <laughs> Hey, I did give a content warning. Okay,
0: that was, that was good. That was really great, Tina. I enjoyed that.
1: Teresa says, "My husband distracted me at the end, but I love the setup and the scene in the courtroom was crystal clear."
0: Agree. Oh, you're gonna have to go back and watch it later. You missed you missed the best part, Teresa. <laughs> All right. So speaking of best part, we saved you for last, Jamie. Let's hear it. Oh, I
1: don't know why. It's really (laughs) just very disappointing today. Although, hold on. I'm just having a hard time bringing it up here. Jen, can you, uh, stall? say something about our book or something? Sure.
0: If you see over my head here, which I can't move my computer a whole lot now because it's acting up, but we have our book, 30 Days of Writing Sprint Prompts, um, an instructional workbook to help you establish a daily writing habit. It is available on Amazon and And Eliana is awake. everyone, look, come to your screens real quick if you're off doing dishes listening to us. Right there's baby Ellie. Oh, I get the baby. Hi. Oh, what happened to your two hour nap, precious? Oh, she looks
1: like she's like gonna cry Uh with the boo boo lip.
0: Uh
1: All right, I don't know how I'm gonna compete with that visual, but I'll give you my story. It's good because it's not a great, anyway. Okay. Okay. My biggest problem is deciding what to do next. Kathy chewed her bottom lip. What do you mean? Danny picked up the top of the puzzle box and began rifling through the pieces. Kathy scowled and carefully retrieved it from him. Well, I have the blue bits, the sky and the ocean, or the green part of the ocean over here. Or maybe I could get started on some of the ship, Danny sighed. Seems to me you'd start with the ship. It's the focal point of the piece, after all. Isn't Sarah ready yet? Kathy asked, eager for her older sister to show up and whisk this annoying interloper away. It had been several days since she'd had any real time to work on the puzzle. I'm right here, and no, I'm not ready. Her sister rode into the room on a cloud of rave hairspray and loves baby soft. She (laughs) kissed her boyfriend on the top of the head and said, I just need to tell Daddy where we're going and what time I'll be home. Danny started to stand. No, you wait here, Sarah said. I'll be back in a wink. Kathy moaned inwardly as Danny reached out to turn some of the pieces she'd placed inside the puzzle's perimeter. What's this, he said, holding a piece out for her inspection. Looks like a seabird, Kathy said, pointing at the poster that had been included and was now temporarily fastened to the wall above the table with a piece of scotch tape. Ah, Danny said and then repeated the ah with significantly more enthusiasm. Before Kathy could say anything, he'd snapped up a piece from the other side of the table and snapped it together with the piece he'd been holding. There you are, he said, beaming, as if he expected Kathy to thank him. Kathy did not know what to say. She sat in stunned silence as Danny stood and hovered over the table, collecting up pieces she now recognized as the bits with seabirds on them. He's caught the bug, she realized using the term her mother had coined for Kathy's passion for puzzles, and panic rose in her chest. She wanted to scream, to flip the table, to do anything to stop this lanky teenage boy from manhandling her puzzle, but she seemed only capable of watching him do so in frozen stupefaction. Okay, let's go, came Sarah's voice from the other room. Danny's head snapped up. One sec, he said, and placed the pieces in his hand neatly in one corner of the table. See ya, he said and headed out of the room so he didn't have the bug after all kathy thought relieved she gathered up the pile of seabird pieces and flung them into the box then she reached down and disconnected the two pieces danny had joined together
0: i love this i don't know why you don't love this (laughs) first of all Loves baby soft. Yes, that tells us when this is happening. Like I forgot about loves baby soft. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh. Like, and the, the, in a I floated in. This is a great line too. Floated in on a wave of cloud. I think it was a, wave, a cloud of brave hairspray. <laughs> like then, along with loves baby soft, I'm there. I know I can see the room with the. 80s decorated house and like so well done Jamie I don't know why you didn't like this oh my gosh
2: I am 15 again I know (laughs) I can smell the rave and the love of baby soft and my hair is sticking up about this high Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes that is
0: that is so good and how dare he touch her puzzle and put pieces together (gasps) who does he Uh, think he is I know Uh.
1: and so like you you know how you said that there's things that you would change and things like that well in my mind it's like she should have like been mad at herself for even like saying the words because like she feels like that invited him almost like welcome the vampire into your your room like if I would have more time like That would have been how she felt. And I felt like it was, I felt like I was really missing a lot of her reason for not liking people to touch the puzzle. But people are saying in the comments, they get it. So I didn't necessarily have to say it because people understand. Nope, it's my puzzle.
0: Yes. Piper says, Oh, I used to wear loves baby song." I think we all did. (laughs) Shell says, Stupid vacation, word of the day. (laughs) Yes. Liz says, I hate it when people help me with my puzzle. Right. Yes. Piper says, Jamie, your newsletter that went out this morning was about my newfound interest in puzzles. How Sarah or her newsletter, uh, how serendipitous. That's That's
1: awesome, Piper. How fun.
0: Shell says, I love her spite. I spent hours and hours on puzzles when I was a teen. My husband groans when I start on um, smart start start one one now now because he knows he's lost me. (laughs) (laughs) yeah she Gigi says jamie awesome so great the loves baby soft so great you made that scene real she for sure did oh, piper thanks. says she can't do a puzzle herself she can do it with others with their puzzles uh, yeah i'm not a puzzle person but i'm more than willing to sit down with someone else and do a puzzle but yeah liz says uh, i don't think i've ever heard of loves baby soft well then you're too young, too liz. young. So yeah. you just dated yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just it kind of smells like baby powder and it yeah, was for uh, some
0: reason that was like we thought that was great to smell like baby powder when we in all day kind of of or
1: something. I have
2: uh, to say perfect, I yeah. still like to put on baby lotion sometimes.
0: In the case anybody's wondering, you can still buy it right it really? really? Amazon has it? Someone's trying to sell some used that looks really not right. <laughs> it
2: looks brown. Oh yeah, vintage. It's vintage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, I so. feel
1: like the synchronicity with Piper's puzzles, Piper's puzzles. You should have a puzzle line, Piper. Okay, anyway. Um, I feel like the synchronicity is like the sauerkraut thing all over again like yeah, just it's with weird. Piper. Yeah, I have to um, say I
2: am addicted to Puzzle Planet, where hmm. you don't have to have table space, you can do your puzzle on oh. your oh.
1: laptop. Yeah, it was really interesting because um there was a period of time during this past year where I was very much into doing a puzzle, just like when I didn't have anything else going on. And it's, Mm -hmm. it is very remarkable how your brain will be like in a different category uh, for lack of a better word. I don't Mm -hmm. even know. And like for Shell to say, oh, he's lost me. It's kind of like you get, you get kind of a fixation, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that I will go into a, a phase of it and then come out. Oh, she's waiting for her wooden puzzles to show up this weekend.
0: Ooh! I got my daughter some wooden three D puzzles for her birthday, and they actually have moving pieces and stuff. Once you if you get it together right, oh. one is like you put a marble in it and it goes through. And yeah, there's some fun finds and you know puzzles.
1: Piper, if you want to make a post in the Facebook group, I'd love to see your wooden puzzles, and then maybe yes. Jen can put hers in there.
0: Oh yeah, I can do that.
1: Very mm-hmm. right, awesome. All right. Well, we're going to move into the final. Um, portion of the podcast which is the what's next and we'll let Tina go first in case she uh, has to randomly mute herself because of uh, fussing and so Jen try not to fuss while Tina's giving her what's
0: next please It is time for my diaper change but I'll try not to
1: Oh boy yeah the precast is fun and games. Okay so anyway Tina what's next for you?
2: Well I had given myself a personal goal of having my first draft of this book done by April 15th and then this whole two weeks of, you know, stuff happened. So um, I may just like go into my hobbit cave or hobbit hole or whatever <laughs> and try to write until it's done so that I can still be done by April 15th. Hmm. So we will see if my intellectual brain will allow me to do that. All um, right.
1: Well, I think that's right. an exciting goal. I agree. I, I think it's really interesting how you're like you've got this deadline and you're dedicated to make it. That's very interesting. Yeah, well, I want to really know how
2: wanna, it goes. I really want to publish on my mom's birthday.
1: Oh, so that's nice. kind of
2: my um, which is May first. So that's kind of my um motivation.
1: I gotcha. Awesome. Well, good for you. I um, my what's next is um, showing up to work on the book for the office hours. And if you want to come, I do 20 minute sprints. They start at the top of the hour. So from 10 to 1020, um, I'm working. And then from 1020 to 1030, there's a break. I'll either stretch or get up or just say hello to whoever else shows up. And then from 1030 to 1050, I'll be working. So 20 minutes and then 10 minutes off. Um, From 10 to 12, dedicating to doing the book work And what's scaring me is as I'm moving into the second part of the book, I am thinking that it might need more. Like I'm thinking about some scenes that I'm currently telling that might need to be shown. And it's like Mm. stressing me out that it's going to need maybe more work than I thought. But, oh, well, do I want it excellent or not? So those are some decisions I'll have to make. All right. All right. What's next for you, Jen?
0: Well, first, Liz says her what's next is writing during more than one of my baby's naps. It would be nice to finish the draft before I turn 35. Um, oh, yeah. So you're younger than us, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure the last baby sausage. I mean, it's around, but it was not a thing. With no, time it was yours. not. Um, so I got no work done this week. I spent a lot of time like really just kind of laying around my house like moaning about a headache and just not feeling good, you know? And so, um, my what's next is to hopefully get feeling better and get back into editing. Cause I have, I still have a lot of editing to do on book four. So that's my what's next.
1: Well, and we'd really love to hear from you all in the Facebook group or reach out to one of us with a private message because Um, I know that we turned a whole podcast um, into this one Facebook comment, and we really hope that it's okay and that um, the person who made that comment feels like it's a good thing and, and a happy thing. But we really appreciate inspiration from our audience to know that we're giving you what you want to hear. So if you've got an idea for a podcast episode, if you need some advice or help and you'd like to see us cover a particular topic... Please do reach out and make the suggestion to us because we're always looking for topic ideas. After you've been doing this for a couple hundred episodes, you kind of start to wonder um, didn't we didn't we cover this before? But maybe you need us to to rehash it and go back to it and get an updated take on it. So, but next week, because it is St. Petty's Day, we've decided it's an appropriate day to break out the shenanigans. So we hope that you'll tune in. <laughs> To uh, see what kind of blarney and malarkey we come up with. And I guess we'll see you then. That, that, are we wrapping up for today, ladies? All Sounds right. good. So until then, may your pen be prolific. May your deadlines be met. And may all of your words honor Christ. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.